In today's show, I'm looking ahead to the action on Saturday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Let's look ahead to the games on Saturday in the NBA. The first one of those games we look at is the Knicks and the Bucks. What are we going to get from Emmanuel quickly? Because sometimes you'll play 12 minutes, sometimes you'll play 20 minutes. Um, We don't know whether Derek Rose is going to play in this game. Reggie Bullock is questionable. So there's a big scope of minutes changing here. His last three games, quickly 23, 12, and 26 minutes. So it's all over the shop. I don't believe he's a 12-team league player. But I do want to see at least how Thibodeau uses him here. And same with Mitchie Robinson, who played 31 minutes off the bench in his second game. And then started with Noel out and played 21 minutes. In that one. Now, Noel is questionable in this one. Will they start Robinson? Will they start Noel? Is he going to be up and down in terms of playing time? Is Taj Gibson going to cut in? There's a lot of questions there. While for Milwaukee, um, Punch Bob Shiplock, Bobby Portis, he was out on Friday due to the COVID protocols, health and safety protocols. So we saw Thanasis Antetokounmpo move into that spot. Will Portis return? Who takes those minutes? Does Pat Connaughton play over Bob when he's there? Portis, of course, has been one of the big surprises this season, but it started to lose some value. So what happens with him? And I also want to watch Yanni, whose minutes were a little bit low in that loss to the Celtics. But more importantly for him, I think he's watching where the free throw percentage lies, because if that's able to step up, then his value in fantasy leagues is able to uh, continue to climb. Let's go to the next game. It is the Pistons and the Wizards. We saw MC Hamadou Diallo in his first game. Stop. On Friday, he didn't do a huge amount. You know that I've had some skepticism about his overall value in category leagues and with Magruder and Allington and Jackson and then Smith and eventually Hayes and all these guys who aren't particularly great, and Diallo's not particularly great either, in that backcourt. Yeah, maybe limiting what he can do, but let's see how he looks in his second game back. If they uh, bump his minutes up, what does it mean for Josh Jackson? And then same with Corey Joseph. I just believe he's going to slot into a a 20-minute-a-night role or so with the Pistons. Hopefully we get Dennis Smith Jr. back in this game after he's sat Friday. I do believe that Smith can be a 12-team league must-roster player, or maybe a maybe-roster player, but if he's not playing, then he's not. For the Wizards, Russ Westbrook really turning it up at the moment. The percentages are rough, but his usage is up. It is hurting Bradley Beal. He's taking assists and rebounds and even shot attempts away from Beal. But let's see what he does there. And uh, most importantly for the Wizards, how does Scott Brooks use the centers? They just brought over Daniel Gafford. So will Alex Len continue to start? Will Robin Lopez be the backup? Where the hell does Gafford sit? Does he like Gafford? Because if he likes Gafford and plays in 25 a night, he is a 12-team league player. I just don't know, and I don't trust Scott Brooks to do that. And Gafford's not that good of a player where he's going to come in and demand those. Now, Len is not that good of a player. Lopez isn't that good of a player either. But Gafford is someone that we absolutely want to watch to see how Brooks handles it. Next game we look at is the Rockets and the Wolves. It's a back-to-back. These guys played each other on Friday. The Wolves won. Sterling Brown started um, with Daniel House out and Kevin Porter out. Will House or House will be out again on Saturday? So will Sterlo get another start? Will that Kevin Porter come back and start? Will Ben McLemore, who had a really big game uh, as well, will he start? There are a lot of question marks. 
Brown has had quite a few games this year of standard league relevance. Now, when everyone's healthy, he drops way off, but he's at least a name to watch. And same with the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, who I imagine will start. We don't know whether we'll get like Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley ready to go. Bradley's dealing with injuries himself anyway. Um, so how that rotation shakes out is unsure. You know, Tate is still a 12-team league guy. While for the Wolves, Jaden McDaniel started at the three last game. Will they continue to... Stay? Malik Beasley will return in this game for the Wolves. Remember that. So that means Beasley and Edwards will be the, the two and the three most likely. So does McDaniels go to the four? Do they start 10 minutes of Jared Vanderbilt at the four? Do we get you know, Wancho Hernan Gomez who had a big game Friday. There's a lot of question marks about McDaniels' value. And I also want to watch Carl Anthony Towns because he's bloody fun to watch. But more importantly, how they're using him in terms of the assist, how the shots go with Beasley and Edwards and Towns all there together. But those assists have been really, really nice from Carl Anthony Towns of late. Next up, we look at the Bulls and the Spurs. What do they do with Lowry Markinen? I think there's a decent chance that he comes off the bench. And then Thad Young and Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. I think that Young and Vucevic start uh, in the front court and Markkanen comes off the bench. And if Markkanen comes off the bench and plays 24 minutes, then he has absolutely no business being rostered in a 12-team league. So this is going to be key to see. Also, is if Vuce plays... Yeah, how does he look in his first game with Chicago? What does that mean for his value? What does it mean for Zach Levine's value? It looks like Vooch and the Chief El Farouk and Troy Brown, these guys are all going to be av- available. So how they get used is still a pretty decent question mark. Daniel Tice won't play. We don't have him ready to go just that yet. But how these guys um, do play and, and what they're able to do when they're out there is uh, is going to be a real question mark. And, this, and the big one to me, though, is, is what they do with marketing. I really can't see how you can play um, Markin and and Vooch together in that front court. And that's going to be a big question mark for sure. While for the Spurs, we do want to watch um, Keldon Johnson, who's been relatively disappointing, I think is a fair way of phrasing that, not putting up some really strong numbers at the moment. And he's trending towards a drop under 30 minutes the last two games. Not a guaranteed drop, but he's trending that way. And then also Paddy Mills, who's been playing a pretty strong role. 32, 23, and 27 minutes the last three games, providing some interesting points and threes stream type value, but not too much more than that. Now, I've been telling you for a while about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. So you can go to BuiltBar.com and head across, or BuiltBar.com slash pages slash brackets to check out the matchups and vote for your favorite flavored Built Bar in today's matchup. Or you can hit them up on Twitter at bar underscore built and cast your vote there. Remember, if you use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Okay, next game we look at is the Grizzlies and the Jazz back to back here. Uh, again, for these teams, they played on Friday. They're playing again on Saturday. We want to watch Grayson Allen and his role, and I'm sure they're going to continue to start him, but how he looks, because he has provided you know, flashes of 12-team value, and same with Kyle Anderson. Well, Anderson's provided more than flashes of 12-team value, so we want to watch him and you know, how the minutes look between him and Brandon Clark. And then for the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson has been really shooting horribly. I'm not saying that he's a drop, but he's not that far away. Uh, from it with the how he's shooting. And then Joe Ingles, who's the opposite, shooting absolutely red hot and providing 12-team value. But if that does cool off, I, I just want to see how those two are meshing and what their current shooting numbers look like. Mavs and Pelicans, this is a back-to-back for Dallas. They played Friday's game without Luka Doncic. I want to pay some attention to Tim Hardaway 
who has put up some um, some okay-ish type numbers, but he's mainly just a points and threes streamer. We don't expect to have JJ Redick ready to go here in this one uh, after coming across at the trade deadline. So that's more opportunity for Hardaway to be that shooter off the bench. And then also Muxy Kleber, who's just a real fringe type guy, a nice 14-team league player. But can he work his way into more value? I, I doubt that. The Pelicans will once again be without Lonzo Ball. So it's all about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He's a must-roster player. Now, he probably does become a drop later on when Lonzo returns, but I'm not guaranteeing that. I would love to see them just go with Alexander-Walker and Lonzo Ball as their starting backcourt and moving Eric Bledsoe to the bench. Or if not, playing Hart and Alexander Walker, those 29, 30 minutes off the bench and really limiting Bledsoe in a starting role. And then also want to watch Kyra Lewis Jr., who didn't do a huge amount on Friday, but I still hold out some hope for him without Lonzo to at least provide some streaming value. For the next one, it's the Celtics and the Thunder back-to-back here. No Tristan Thompson again, and there'll be no Kemba Walker. Rob Williams, he'll get another start. Now, they did play Mo Wagner in uh, in his first game. But I don't believe that Wagner's any threat to Williams' minutes. You know, signing Andre Drummond might be, but for now, Williams putting up great numbers. And then Marcus Smart, who put up some really big perform- a really big performance on Friday. He'll have no Kemba. We don't know whether Evan Fournier will be ready to make his debut, but Smart should be someone who puts up some good ones. And then for the Thunder, the big question, how do- does Tony Bradley play? What happens with Moses Brown and Isaiah Roby? And Al Horford, how do they run that center rotation? Um, that's their big questions. Now, I'm, I'm uh, he's a must-hold, Moses Brown, for me. But this will give us a, just, a, just a smidge more clarity onto what to expect. There is no Darius Baisley or no Shea, Shea Goodis-Alexander. Actually, Tony Bradley's out, so he won't play. So we're going to get an opportunity for Brown to put up some good numbers, which he did last game, even with Horford playing. While Ty Jerome and the Salt Flake Theo Maladon, they're going to be fighting it out. Uh, fighting out for minutes and uh, relevancy with the absence of Shea. I want to see Jerome, who I, I do think if they played equivalent minutes would be more useful than Maladon. Less assists, but more scoring, better percentages, and more threes. And that can be useful. So at least watching to see how he looks there. Next up, we look at the Sixers and the Clippers. Still no Joel Embiid. So Dwight Howard, who was ejected last game against the Lakers, he should be getting decent minutes. They did start Prison Mike Scott in his spot, but Howard is the guy to look for for those defensive stats and rebounds and field goals. And then Dan Green has been going bananas, hitting threes, getting steals, getting a ton of blocks, really providing that 12-team league value for us. George Hill won't be available either. While for the Clippers, not sure whether we're going to get Rajon Rondo. Um, Patrick Beverly is out. Serge Barker is out. There is some thought that Rondo might become the starter over Beverly. I'm not convinced that's the case. Rondo has been, as he has been for the last nine years, atrocious in the regular season with Atlanta. And the reason they made that trade is because he just could not fulfill that role of being a guy that ran the second unit. So I don't know why we think he's going to run a first unit, but maybe it happens. So I'm not adding him outside of looking at him as a streamer if they do go that direction. But without Beverly, maybe Rondo starts. But how do they use Luke Kennard? How do they use Terrence Mann in those roles? There's still so many question marks in that backcourt for the Clippers. And now Lou Williams is 22, 23, 24 minutes are gone. Where do they get distributed? Does more go to Kennard? That's what I always thought. If they trade Williams' way, it's just because Kennard's going to move into that role. But Mann has stepped up. Jackson's still around. And now Rondo's in that mix as well for some big question marks as to how they run that rotation. And then the Cavs and the Kings. I want to watch Jarrett Allen because he's been pretty up and down. Let's see what he is able to do. It is a back-to-back here for Cleveland. And then Dean Wade, who, we, again, we assume Kevin Love won't play in this one. So Wade has provided some pretty decent efforts. It's more for deeper leagues, but I also want to pay attention in dynasty leagues to see whether Wade can maybe have a future as a rotation guy. Well, for the Kings, I want to see if they use D'Lon Wright, if he is available to play. 
and how he gets used. Is he a 20-minute-a-night player, 22-minute-a-night player like Corey Joseph? Or because he's better than Joseph, does he play 27 minutes straight up? And you know, we really just play um, someone like Harrison Barnes exclusively at the four, and then we get you know, go really small and play you know, healed at the four at times and, and try and really work that out. But maybe he doesn't. Maybe he plays 22 minutes and Mo Harkless comes in. Now, we expect Wright and Harkless and Davis to all make their debut, but seeing how DeLon plays in this one and how they use him is going to be pretty interesting in terms of his drop of as we move forward. And then we've got Tyrese Halliburton, who I don't think is going to be impacted that much by Delon, but it is a possibility. So just um I guess just bear that bear that in mind that there is there is that possibility here that we might have um Tyrese losing a minute or two. I, I would be really surprised. But Luke Walton has made some uh some poor coaching decisions at times in the um at times in the past, so uh, that that is something for us to be uh, be aware of in this one. While for the uh, well, that's it. That is that is the end of that game. So let's talk some streaming options. Um, Isaiah Roby could be some st- a streamer there. Dennis Smith if he's healthy. Rudy Gay, Theo Maladon, and Alexei Pokusevsky for category leagues with no Darius Baisley. And if we're looking in points leagues, we've got Moses Brown, Dwight Howard, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Dennis Smith Jr., and Isaiah Roby. Guys. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.